Super Bowl week here on We Talk Fantasy, the guys in the media fantasy football podcast. We're talking about how you can win with some fantasy football plays on the big game this Sunday. But before we talk about the matchups, the plays, and the fantasy implications, we want to welcome one of our newest partners to We Talk Fantasy, and that is Lily and David Fine Jewelers. If you're watching on our visual side, that's right. Kyle's pointing up to that top right corner. There's that logo right there. The new location. The Shops of Wilton. Guys, have you done anything yet for Valentine's Day? Anything. It is Monday. It is coming up. Some of you, I'm watching Chet and Kyle's face, trying to figure out whether or not they have. They're keeping their married men. They're smart. They're not showing their cards for their wonderful wives. But for those of you who have it, the spot is out Route 50 at Lillian David Fine Jewelers. My story, I got the ring right here, the engagement ring, the wedding, all the great memories and building of family. It starts at Lillian David Fine Jewelers. And this Valentine's Day leading up to it, They've got gifts as low as $25 if you're shopping for a budget. Or if you're looking for that unique gift, how about the 24-karat gold-dipped rose? That unique gift for her. Or if you're looking for something that fits her style, her fashion, talk to the great people there. Alyssa and her crew will help you find exactly what she's looking for this Valentine's Day. Maybe you're looking to pop the question. Find the perfect engagement ring there as well. It's Lily and David Fine Jewelers at their new location, the Shops of Wilton. And when you stop in, Tell me you heard about it from the married guys from We Talk Fantasy here on Godzilla Media. All right, guys, conference title games. It's We had last week off because we knew a lot of things were going to be impacted by fantasy-wise of the Super Bowl. But quick recap, we saw comebacks, maybe not as much offense as we thought was going to happen. Bengals come back and beat the Chiefs. The Rams come back and beat the Niners. Uh, Chet, I will start with you. Fantasy-wise or just football-wise, in general, either direction you want, what did you make of the finishes of the semifinal week in the NFL? Well, full confession, I think we talked about it two weeks ago. I think it was mentioned that um, I'm kind of experimenting over at CBS 6 on the morning show. So if you're up in the wee hours of the morning, you will now see my ugly mug. Uh, And so I've had to adjust my sleep schedule, almost actually like a 180 where I'm now waking up around the time that I'd be going to bed when I was uh, you know, on the late show sports. And so I did not see the ending of the 49ers game. So I will leave that to Mr. Kyle Ray to discuss. I was able to watch uh, the entire Chiefs-Bengals game. Um, first of all, what a turnaround. Uh, I think it was 21-3. I was like, that's a wrap. Like this, People were tweeting about it, how this Chiefs offense is unstoppable, an all-time great offense. I still think it is one of the all-time great offenses, but not sure if it was great adjustments by the Bengals in the second half on defense. Uh, Obviously, the offense played a huge part of that comeback as well. Some timely interceptions, and somehow, some way, the the Bungles are no more. It's it's the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. From a fantasy impact, uh, I think we just continue to see the rise of Joe Burrow. It's, it's not just how he plays. It's the swag. Like you you want to root for this guy. I don't, I'm not sure if there's been a more likable quarterback. Um, I mean, Mahomes is kind of in that category as well. I think some of the outside noise around Mahomes annoys people being crowned as, you know, the second coming of Jesus, having an annoying brother. <laughs> and fiance is it still a fiance i don't think they're married i think they're i think they are married now they are married now Maybe. so a wife that tends to push a lot of buttons on social media and at these Thumb? games 
So there's a lot of reasons why people, maybe not for what Mahomes is doing. He's always in the commercials. So like you're just getting like a lot of Mahomes in your face. Whereas Burrow is this guy that's just like continues to be written off. He was written off at Ohio State and had to land at LSU to prove himself and win that job. And then ever since then, he's been a winner. And even after being the number one pick, he goes to Cincinnati and everyone's like, oh, you know, he's going to go die in Cincinnati. Um never to be heard of again, has that massive injury. We write him off again. And now here he is, some way, somehow, leading the Bengals to a Super Bowl. And it's becoming one of those offenses that is so fun to watch. It's continuing to grow. It's a lot of young, talented guys. And I was thinking about it right before we started the show. It's definitely in the conversation of having one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. Like they are now in that discussion in terms of depth of a top three receivers. It's hard to match them three for three. And I'll ask you guys this question. When was the last time we saw an offense that supported three fantasy wide receivers, not receivers, not ball catchers, three receivers. And I'll give you a hint. You'd really not have to go back that far. I, I was just going to say, you probably could have done it last year. The Bucks, Brown, Godwin, and Evans? With the addition of Antonio Brown, absolutely. They're in I, that. I would, Kyle, who are you thinking? I was thinking, was it Diggs, Beasley, and Davis last year? No, because Davis was not a consistent enough performer. I don't think – and I guess you could almost like say like, you know, top 30 on like a weekly basis. And Gabe Davis like very touchdown dependent. And even like you could also say like going into drafts, guys that were drafted in the top 50 to 60 range. And I think of the Rams with Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. That was even though Jared Koff was running the show, those were guys that were like constantly in the wide receiver two range every week. And now we're seeing that with Jamar Chase, with Higgins. And I can't believe Tyler Boyd is the third option. That guy could be a number one option on some teams. And so if they're able to keep that core together, it's going to be it's it's going to infuriate some people next year because there are going to be games where it's not the Jamar Chase show and it's it's not the Higgins show for a couple of weeks. And you're going to play Boyd for a month and not get a lot. And then he's going to pop off for a 10 reception, 150 yard game. Um, but I think it all leads to Joe Burrow continuing to develop into what could be a top five fantasy quarterback. Kyle, what do you make of the Joe Burrow top five fantasy? I know you're trying to defend your boy Gabriel Davis, especially after that game against the Chiefs and what his future might be. Uh, anything on the Rams and the Niners? You you know I was referencing last year, right? Last Correct. year, Gabe Davis. I mean, Gabe had 700 yards and seven touchdowns last year. That's not very fantasy. What's relevant. Boyd got? Does Boyd even have a thousand? <laughs> boy, if you look at Boyd's career, absolutely, he's been. Oh, a I thought we were just talking about the one season. That's more what I was referencing. Like I thought you were saying one season where we. No, I'm saying a- going into next year, we're looking at them as three receivers that are going to be fantasy impact guys. See, I misunderstood your question then, because I thought you were saying like, when was the last time we had something like that? That is that is the question. I'm more looking from like the fantasy impact of what we've seen throughout these playoffs from the Cincinnati team and how it could look next year that those three guys, they're going to be in a lot of fantasy on a lot of fantasy teams next year. My, my only case is a one Higgins as a a high end two and Boyd as a flex. My only concern with the Bengals going forward is that offensive line. That offensive line is horrendous. Um, Horrendous, but also from where they were a year ago. Sure. Considered maybe the worst unit in football. 
and we're gonna I get still, Joe Burrow killed. I still think they're bottom third. But like like they're they're probably 25 and below. They're not good. Um I and I obviously have all the PFF stuff like that, but I when I looked at that that Chiefs game, this was the first time I've ever I've ever said to myself, holy crap, Patrick Mahomes lost them a football game. The first time I've ever said that. Um he was he was and it's easy for me to do it being a Bills fan. He was making the Josh Allen, what the hell are you doing place? He 100% was. And it was it was blowing my mind. I was like, what is going on? But you got to give them credit. I That receiving core is ridiculous. Um, I, I You can't argue how good that receiving core is. Because um, I was high on Higgins. I was I was mediocre on Boyd, and he's done well. Um, the only thing they're really missing is a consistent tight end threat. And Uzama, though, had, we've seen he can pop off for 200 yards and three touchdowns. I think he did that like the beginning half of the season. Was that against your Bucks, guys? Uh, yeah, it was. And I'm glad you said it like that because earlier this week I kept calling it Usama and he has CJ Usama and TJ Hushmanzada. <laughs> Just like mentally that name gets mixed up for me, but go ahead. <laughs> um, but no, awesome game. I'm, I think we, me and chat talked about this a little bit. It's, we're still sitting there, though, saying that the narrative of, well, the Bengals are just going to get killed this week. It's just going to have they're not they're not going to be able to move the ball. They're not, but they're they're a good offense. Um, if they can protect the ball, I'm devast I'm terrified for Joe Burrow going up against Von Miller and uh, Aaron Donald. That is terrifying. But um, when I looked at that Niners uh, Niners Rams game, it was a little bit of a store fest. Uh, not a lot of action. It was just all of a sudden. Dead, dead, dead. Oh, back-to-back touchdowns. Dead, dead, dead. Oh, field goal. Dead. Back-to-back touchdowns. And the game, the end of the game was obviously kind of crazy. But um, Jimmy G, I I don't know where how you rate what Jimmy G did. Uh, he made some good plays, but uh, I I I don't blame the Niners for trading him. But I also think that you're out of your damn mind if you're going to take on Jimmy G's contract for what for what he gives you. Um, I still think that the Rams are superior. I am so happy for Matthew Stafford. Uh, I am so happy for that dude. I've always liked Stafford. Um, and I fully expect Stafford to throw 40 times this game. Uh, Cam Akers is an interesting play this week. Um, but I really don't have too much to comment on the, on the Niners game. It was, it was, it was a good game. It just wasn't a lot of flashy, crazy back and forth. It was cool that the Rams came back, but just a choke job, I guess, from the uh, the Niners. I don't know. There's one good thing about that Jimmy G comment that is in our mailbag. So I'm going to hold off on that because there's an interesting question about the mailbag. And I like Chet's question about Burrow with the fantasy preview coming up. There's a lot of good things you guys set me up for for later in this episode. I just do want to hit on that one that you guys both mentioned, the offensive line. I had to deal with so many calls from people on the radio side of if the Giants fix their offensive line, they're going to get good when they would ignore how bad the offensive line was for the Seahawks and Will- Russell Wilson was still winning games, how bad it was this season when the Texans got to the AFC title game and they are still winning games with Watson. And now we're seeing what Burrow does with a bad offensive line. So the Eli Manning and the Daniel Jones defenders, there are examples of mobile and non-mobile quarterbacks winning with bad offensive lines. So I think we can now stop giving giant quarterbacks breaks for all that stuff and that Kyle, and, yeah when you made your point about the line and you were like you know regardless of what the pff says what do you think the pff has the Bengals' offensive line ranked if i had to guess pff has them at like number five. Oh, don't doubt yourself kyle you had it perfect they're number 20. Oh. bottom third you nailed it i, I guess that's i guess that's technically bottom 
It's like right on the fringe. Yeah, I absolutely like. I hate PFF. PFF can go. I dude, I couldn't agree more. I so 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 annoyed. I don't know why or who agreed to let them attach the rankings at the beginning of the game. You see every position. Rarely do you see a guy that we all know is one of the best at his position actually reflect that in the rankings. It. I get real. It it infuriates me that offensive linemen get bonus points for scoring a touchdown. No, that has nothing to do with the position. (laughs) Get it out. Oh, but what about tackles for a cornerback? Well, this cornerback, Richard Sherman, uh, was it two years ago when Trey White was in contention for the number one uh, cornerback and everything? Well, Richard Sherman's better because he averages 12 tackles a game. What the hell does tackles for a (laughs) corner have to do with anything? It doesn't. Pass defense, interceptions, pass completion percentage. There you go. There's your corner ranking. Stop doing all that. Sacks for sacks for gosh darn safeties when they when they blitz twice a game. Good lord, get that out of here. PFF, go burn. Pro football focus. PFF rankings turn too much into helmet stickers in college football. You know what I mean? Like a 20 yard touchdown attack. They're too much like Ohio State or Michigan or whoever else is doing the helmet stickers now. Uh, you know who we'd love to give a helmet sticker to? Johnstone Supply in Troy, though, located on 6th Avenue. How about this deal that's going on? If you mention We Talk Fantasy, Gaza La Media, LeVac and Gaz, go ahead, Sean. Okay, okay. I was going to say, 2% off your furnaces right now. If you mention the John Goodman furnace, it is February. It's cold. You need an upgrade. Some of you put off your stuff until after the Super Bowl. No more putting off the important stuff now. Get that upgrade in your home. Give a call, 518-272-5922, 518-272-5922, Johnstone Supply in Troy. Uh, I'm sure our guy Tom and George will be happy that they're getting talked about right before big news. Chet, your mouth is wide open. I hope it's not a fake account. I hope we're not getting catfish. What do you got? This is a fantasy football podcast, but this trumps football. Ooh. We have a Woj bomb. Yeah, I just saw it. That's whoa. The Nets have traded James Harden to the Sixers for Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first round picks. I hate that trade for both sides. Hate it. Wow. When you when Adam Schefter tweets a bomb emoji for the Woj bomb. Again, we don't we're not gonna break this down because this is not our I mean, we're we're sports guys. We watch all kinds of sports. And uh, you heard the rumors all week as the trade deadline approaches, uh, and they pulled it off. Wow. You know what? I want to give credit to Brian Windhorse because I don't know if you guys caught this yesterday, but on ESPN, you know, you see, Kyle knows what I'm talking about. Windhorse got on there and said, it's just a matter of time before this trade goes down. It's just a matter of time. The details are getting worked on. And within, I think, the same segment or within the same hour, Woj came on and said they're not even talking. There is nothing yeah. happening right now. There's no movement. So as much as Woj got the bomb, let's give credit to our guy Windhorse as well, hey, who stuck by his. Yeah, it, it's oh, tough wow. when you're on national TV and a guy tries to take a clothesline to you who works on the same station. So all right, there we go. You know what? And and to try to tie this in to football, it's just another example in a long list of creating super teams that doesn't work. It's like on paper, how many people. When the Nets put that team together only two years ago, I want to say three now because Harden I, wasn't Durant hurt twice. I think I, I, my years are getting blurred together. Yeah, but, but it's hard, especially with no, the half COVID seasons and stuff. Yeah, no, no rings came out of it, and I think everyone just said, "Oh my God, give them the rings. This isn't fair." 
And so rarely do we see it actually work. And now bringing it to football, it could be working for the Rams this year. And we rarely see this happen in the NFL with the difficulty of salary caps, with how teams have uh, you know, the ability to, to retain these guys when offering these massive contracts. And guys are usually unwilling to leave a system that they're comfortable with. Usually the great players are successful. They have the coordinators they want. And it's a big gamble at any point of your career to go start somewhere else where, you know, the coaching carousel happens. And if you're learning a new OC system every other year, it's really hard to maintain success. But the Rams, we've seen it for the last few years, going all in on trading draft picks, uh, going out and getting these veteran guys, whether it be Matthew Stafford, trading for Jalen Ramsey, trading for Von Miller. Like they're trading for the biggest names at their position. And it could result in a Super Bowl on Sunday. And I, I don't know the last time we've really seen that in the NFL where you go all in and create, I don't want to call it a super team. Like they're a beatable team. I don't think there's, it's impossible for Cincinnati to win. They, they got beat by the damn Jets this year, if I'm not mistaken. So like they're not this super juggernaut that's impossible to beat, but it is a rare example in the NFL of massive trades, throwing tons of money at people going really top heavy with superstars and it's working. It's just, it's crazy too, because they've traded away their entire future. So I, I sit there and go, they're all in on this ring. Yeah. If you don't, if, if they get beat by the Bengals, that franchise becomes the jets. I, I say in two years, the only thing that's going to be their advantage is people want to play for Sean McVay. Um, but, you know, he's lived up Great, to yeah. the billing of being a genius and he seems like a really good players coach. Who's, got a fantastic mind for football um and people want to be in la you know people want that big city uh that i don't know why sucks, people... say it again that fan base sucks though it, oh it, it's not I, you can't even call it a fan base following those sports people in that city suck or whatever you want to call them um but yeah they're going to have that advantage of people want to be here people want to take the if you want to call it the veteran discount later in their career to chase a ring, I'm not sure. They must have Stafford locked up for a few years, right? Yeah. Three the line so, contract. Yep. So, yeah, you're going to have those pieces in place and you just got to hope that you keep, they're just going to keep finding a way to bring in v- veterans on, you know, veteran minimums to get a ring. So I think they, it could, they could be sticking around for a while. All right. So let's make this a two-part question. Mailbank question first, and then kind of what you both were talking about, because I feel like even this conversation has some fantasy implications because of what the Rams did. So question one, uh, DG wrote in, is Jimmy Garoppolo toast? So I don't know if that means for his career, for fantasy, for the Niners, maybe a combination of any type of toast, maybe different levels of burnt. So I, is Jimmy- say, I, I, I enjoy toasts. Don't, <laughs> don't disrespect, disgrace toast. By calling it Jimmy G, <laughs> call so, him Chipotle diarrhea. Like, oh, but I like Chipotle. We all don't like. What? Uh, second part of the question: You mentioned the Rams trading away picks. Are we ever going to see a fantasy team do something like that? Are the Rams the closest to a fantasy football team? And I think you guys both know what I mean by that. That you trade away future picks to go all in for a championship. So start whichever way you want, Garoppolo or the fantasy comparison there to how McVay, I think it's less neat as the GM, construct that team franchise roster. I think Jimmy G is is toast. And the only reason I say that is because his contract. I mean, yeah. 
you got to pick that contract up. It, it ain't worth it. Like you're going to have to figure something super creative out to, to get that taken care of, I guess. But he'll never go. To, I don't think he'll ever go to have the ability to go to a team that's a contender. He's going to go to like fill in for Washington or fill in in the Saints during this quarterback questionnaire or whatever. He's not going to do anything. He doesn't have the talent around him. Um, and he's quite frankly, just not that good. And I mean, for God's sakes, if you were to, to brush a feather across him, he gets hurt. So um, I, I think Jimmy G is done. I, I don't see any point of anybody going. He may be a serviceable backup, um, solid backup to have across. But you, again, the contract is going to screw you. Two, two part response to this one. He's beautiful. Like <laughs> what a, what a gorgeous person. Like he must get so much tail. And I've seen him. Did, I've oh, seen him he, in person. He actually is that good looking. Yes. Yeah. And he also chose a porn star for his girlfriend. <laughs> was it a girlfriend or just a little? You know. No, that was his girlfriend. He was with her for a while, if I'm not mistaken. Good for him. Good for him. Um, is it though? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can break down his sex life at a, at a later date. But um, part two is, and guys, this might hurt. I don't know if you want to take your headphones off. Oh no. He's, he's Keenum. Like it's what he is. Like. He could go. He could go to a team, a well-constructed team, as like Kyle said, as a backup, and in an emergency situation, win some games. Like he, he could win games. It's that classic game manager. He can make some throws when you need him to. Um, and I do want to give him a little bit of a break. Where at times in this postseason, he made the throw and didn't get helped. Whether it be drops, whether it be more drops, you know what I mean. Where it's like. Mm-hmm. And people just love to continue the narrative of, see, Jimmy sucks. And it was like, no, that hit Kittle in the head. Like, that was a perfect <laughs> throw. Um, and, and when he really does make the perfect throw, you got to help him out. Kind of felt a little bit like Kirk Cousins at the time with that. But um, no, I think that I think Kyle kind of hit it on the head. He's going to have to – they might end up getting cut. I don't know what the, the salary damage would be to the Niners, if that would make sense, or if they just have to bite the bullet and, and pay him as a backup. But um, – He's going to have to get his contract restructured or sign a new deal somewhere else where he gets paid what he's actually worth. And um, it, I, I kind of chuckled. I even texted my brother about it when I think there was a quote that came out where he wants to go to a contender. And it's like, well, that's nice, Jimmy. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people want to go play for contenders. but And it scares me that there's there are teams out there, a la Tampa Bay, that has a, a roster that is you know a year removed from a Super Bowl and he's a quarterback. Pittsburgh Steelers need a quarterback. Um, there might be a vacancy in Seattle coming up. You know, so there's going to be teams that like there's going to be a market for Jimmy G. I just wonder if within the GM circles they feel the same way we do. Of it's not the best quarterback out there for you. He's not going to be winning you a lot of games. Your team could win, but Jimmy's not going to do the winning for you. I also would compare him somewhere on a scale between Alex Smith and Joe Flacco. Like hey, Flacco is elite. <laughs> statistically he's not as good as alex smith he was a better mobile quarterback alex smith and flacco timed it up perfect garoppolo when he signed his contract it was the richest contract of any quarterback ever flacco wins the super bowl and cashes in he's somewhere in between and flacco's become a backup and alex smith got benched for patrick mahomes and some people say that's the kansas city method let mahomes sit behind smith and now looking back i think mahomes might have been ready <laughs> like, you know like you can't sit on the bench and then win the mvp and be like he shouldn't have been starting for year one but uh, to that other question here, I think I'm going to lead off with this then for the, the Rams roster building too. Here's the thing in fantasy we have to all remember. It's a huge difference in the NFL 
but it actually works in fantasy football's favor than the NFL's favor. Let Les Need, we'll use that name again, all right? The GM for the Rams. If he trades away future picks and gets fired, it's not his problem. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, hey, I went all in. You guys, uh, sorry, that sucks for the guy who's taken over for me, but I get a little bit more control over potentially what I could do with this team. Remember, if you're playing fantasy and you're back in the same league every year, you technically could always trade future picks in the next year, trade another future pick, and the next year trade another. It's like a vicious wheel that's spinning. I think some people kind of understand what I'm saying with that, where if you're always a year ahead of your competition, you're not going to have to rebuild because your next year is being built. You guys no, both thought, get what I'm I, saying, a, right? Yeah. No, it's a perfect – I know exactly what you mean, where you might not be able to do it right away, but in that first month of a fantasy season, you take advantage of the team that's 0-4, and yeah. you say, hey, man, I'll give you my first-round pick – for next year and you'll be great, but give me your best player. And then you just supplemented not having your first round pick and now you got them and now you're back in the mix. And so, yeah, I a hundred percent agree, but just, yeah, just keep giving it away and you'll deal with it later. And that's what the Rams are doing. We'll deal with this later. Let's win now. And no one will remember trading away picks. If you lose the Super Bowl. then you are going to be crowned a Super Bowl champion GM. And like, you know, you pulled off all these great moves. Now, if they come up empty, and keep coming up empty, and like Kyle hinted at, maybe it falls apart and it blows up in their face. They do run the risk of if the NFL players decide this is no longer cool, or something happens to McVay, and it it will be a very long rebuild. There will be nothing quick about it. So you have to keep winning. You have to keep having a winning culture. I think LA will forever be a fun city for these young athletes. Um, but if it ever does go south, it's going to go south hard and fast. Fast. Yes, that's for sure. Uh, by the way, our friends over at Mohawk Honda are proud sponsors here for Super Bowl week, Super Bowl 56. Mohawk Honda, Mohawk Chevrolet. Cool video coming out on our Chevrolet side for Mohawk. I was the judge in the Tour de Wings competition. So the best wings in the capital region, they asked me to be a celebrity judge. That video is coming out on Mohawk Chevrolet's page. And depending on when you're listening to this, <laughs> Mohawk Honda will have a live show from 4 to 5.30. We got four guests coming up live from Glenville. Don't worry, it's evergreen content. We got people like Solomon Wilcox, a former Bengal, who's going to be joining us. Darren Ravel, if you want some Action Network talk. We've got Tom Phillips, a.k.a. Tom Hannafin. You might remember him from the WWE. Lofa Tatupu, former NFL player. All those guys are coming up a part of our Super Bowl 56 coverage right here on Gonzalo Media. All good stuff there. Uh, Chet, you mentioned this. Yeah. Did you already eat the wings? Yes. It's over. It's already done. Wow. So I'm not going to ask you spoilers because I know you're a steel trap. I've learned that with your Heisman <laughs> voting. The gods lets out no secrets. Um, was McGeary's on the list? Irish pub uh, in Albany. They were not on the finalist list. I, they had a top eight. It was all uh, submitted by people on the Mohawk, Honda, and Chevrolet Facebook page. There's a semifinal that I was not a part of. It was two people. Shout out to Nicole and Jess who did the semis. I was in the final. So there was three wings. The three. I think I can say the three wings. It was Mohawk Tap Room. It was Pizza Max. Works. And it was oh, play by play. There was a third place on there. I know those two for sure. Pizza Works and Mohawk Tap Room. Well, the third were one definitely there. didn't win. No. That's like what I'm doing like <laughs> trivia to my brother. And I try to come up with four things and I stumble really hard in the fourth. And he goes, okay, so there's three options. <laughs> oh, like, damn it. I couldn't That's come right. up with anybody. How did you guys not get Maxins in there? Oh, man. Their wings I are know. funny. Blake, I, know, I, want, I want wings. 
maybe maybe we'll steal their idea next year for we talk fantasy we'll go live to mohawk chevy just do it right next to them have another whole or have us three do it all right and god justin channel hair out of there i mean you're you're an upstate i guess central new yorker through and through is it ranch or blue cheese with wings oh my god it's blue cheese all that's my guy thank christ there was a there was a place and chat you might remember it kind of might too there's a place uh called rosie o'grady's in downtown syracuse that was like the all go-to spot for syracuse games they used to mix it and put blue cheese and ranch i'm like this is the perfect sports bar but you've ruined it here okay you're shooting hoops over here you got great tvs you can sit up this is your issue and eventually that place closed and i think it's because they say, mixed when you it. said it you perked my interest Mm-mm. um but it doesn't sound good it's not it wasn't well, chipotle ranch can be fire on things but um, Ooh. blue cheese blue cheese with pizza wings salad oh it's just so good Leave the ranch for the Tully tenders if you want. You want to get a little crazy with the ranch with the tenders? You can do that. No, no, no. That's the honey mustard. Oh yeah, of course. French fries. Yes. What? What's the French fries? Ranch. Ranch. I see. I don't like anything with ranch. Oh yeah, ranch fries. Yeah, a little sprinkled bacon on there too. Johnny Max, Lakeland, New York. You know what's up? That's right. right, We are way off topic, boys. Oh man, I'm so hungry now for Sunday. By the way, send us some pictures on Instagram of your food setup for Sunday. I'm going to my cousin's house. Little mustard in the mac and cheese. The secret ingredient. I know that sounds wild, right? Yep. Uh, you mentioned Joe Burrow earlier, Chet. So yeah. here's here's I think uh, something that every fantasy manager might fall for, or maybe not, depending on how you guys think about this. The last taste we're going to have of the NFL season is the Super Bowl. So yep. let's say Matthew Stafford goes off and throws for 300 yards. Let's say Joe Burrow goes off and throws for 300 yards. Do you feel like the play of the Super Bowl, and this could be anybody, Burrow, Stafford, Chase, Mixon, could potentially influence August? Like, if the last thing you remember is Burrow having a monster game, people are going to reach on Super Bowl players. Is that too far of a distance, six months? Do you think there's some uh, validation there? What do you guys make of, could this performance change the way people draft those players next summer? Sure. It's just it's how we operate, where it's the last thing we remember. We overreact to things. Um, there's so much star power on the field. Uh, maybe one of the biggest guys would be like an Odell Beckham. Like if Odell pops off, which we've already seen him have some big playoff games, but I mean, like if we see signature Odell, like, like New York giants taking a slant 60 yards to the house, that could be a guy where it's going to be all over the headlines. It's going to get a lot of camera time. It's such a recognizable name. I think people will overreact. And that that's the biggest guy that I would, would caution caution. Odell Beckham is once again, a productive football player. And if he stays with the Rams, he'll continue to be productive. But Cooper Cup's number one dog there, and you can't forget that. And so he's a guy that people might end up reaching on if he has a two-touchdown, 100-yard day. Couldn't agree more. I mean, I, what do you want me to say? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what do I say well, after that? It was, well it was done, so Chad. good. I'm just going to sit back and shut the hell up now. No, my one one thing I think of, if we're looking at, I'm just gonna keep on going then. Um, of the of these fantasy uh, relevant players, I think one of the more interesting ones that I don't have an exact answer to is the Rams backfield. Um, didn't expect Cam Akers to come back. The fact that he is back, I think, uh, makes people really excited about his future, especially returning to a fantasy stud. We we saw that at the tail end of his rookie year, but. Uh, Henderson's still a thing, and you know, he's been injured, and so that's what's allowed Akers to come back and just immediately look like a workhorse again. But when Henderson was healthy, 
and that's not all the time, but when he is healthy, he's good and he makes big plays and he's a, he's a pass catching back. And is Sony Michelle there next year? So he's a guy where I think people look at it as like, Oh man, Cam Akers, once again, RB one, you know, lock it and forget about it. I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about what Cam Akers will look like in a consistent fantasy role next year. Am I alone on that? Am I crazy? No, you know, I'm glad you brought Cam Akers. I'm glad you brought Cam Akers because I feel like the answer to this most years, because this question could be, I could ask this question five years from now, 10 years from now in fantasy. It should be about the younger players because the sample size is still really small. Like we'll use Burrow versus Stafford example here, right? Let's say Stafford has a great game. Okay. But we, we've seen 13 years of Matthew Stafford. We, we know what he is fantasy-wise. I know it's changed a little bit, the move from Detroit to L.A., but we know the quarterback he is. Like, Matt Ryan's a great example of this. Matt Ryan's basically been the same quarterback his entire fantasy career, except the MVP season when the Falcons blew the 28-3 lead. We get that. Like, even last year's Super Bowl, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, guys who got in the end zone and played well, I can't say they elevated all over the place. Now, Tom Brady's the quarterback, so that's a little different in the age and everything else. But I feel like the players like Burrow and Chase will more likely have an impact for their draft stock than a guy like a Mixon, a Stafford, Odell. I mean, Cup is going to be the number one receiver anyways. But I'd say year to year, it's probably the guys who have played less than three seasons in the NFL who really might take a huge jump because they say important games. There's now a trust both with the coordinator and the quarterback that this guy in the biggest games will step up and make plays. And that can transcend to the regular season. Cool. Wow, I like it. Awesome. <laughs> Kyle's just you, you, you literally had all the points. The only like the couple points that I wanted to say, like Odell was my one that I'm sitting there going, like, maybe, but like I was I'm like, I'm just gonna sit here and be quiet. Kyle just oh, turned it into the other guys in the Harden Simmons trade. He's like, All right, let me just where's my stuff? I'll just get yep. that. I'll hop I'll hop in the court when you guys need me here in a second. But I know you will for this one, Kyle. And it is our fantasy Ugh. preview for the game. Now, Jared Lowe's here. Depending on how you guys handle this, he's your guy to save you some cash. Maybe you're going to be enjoying some DraftKings here with the fantasy wagers. You're looking to save cash in 2022. Whether you win or lose, email him. While you're listening to this podcast, pause it and then email this guy, J-A-R-E-D-L at nemail.com. J-A-R-E-D-L, nemail.com, 518-956-3753, 518-956-3753. That's the guy saving you cash on your insurance policies in 2022. Some people just buy an insurance policy. have no idea what the other prices are. Don't do that. Simple and easy. And email a call and you can save cash in 2022. Okay. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to turn to you on this because you've been having some fun on DraftKings and fun I'll use with air quotes. Yeah. Uh, you've been experimenting. The, the whole new world's a fantasy football fan that you are of seeing how different the numbers can be. You're backing off a little bit here on the big game for some numbers, right? Because of some prior uh investments we'll call it yeah so i can't have too much fun on DraftKings no more because uh my balance is gone now uh because my experiment started off great awesome tra trajectory then it came crashing down like vegas knew what the hell i was doing and boy howdy did that um but no i'm actually really excited for some of the props i mean i have my one big boy bet locked in already and might i also add that bet that i talked about couple weeks ago for the uh, Chiefs-Bengals game, missed by four legs, four of the 14 legs. One was one Joe Burrow completion. Oh. One Patrick Mahomes attempt. Oh. And then it wasn't as high scoring of a game as I thought, so each team needed one more touchdown. So, 
I was a little upset with that one. That would have been a nice $1,500, but that one didn't work out well. But um, when I'm looking at uh, this week, there's a couple that I really like. Um, why Matthew Stafford's line, um, it may have gone up because I'm pretty sure it opened real low. Uh, now I got to get to it. Hold on. Um, Matthew Stafford's line right now is, yeah, it's up to 279. I'm pretty sure it opened at 249. Um, I got... I pl- I did a big parlay where I actually jumped it down a little bit, but um, I still like two seventy nine. Um, I think that the in order for the, the for the game to go the way they want, uh, Stafford's gonna have to throw the ball. So give me some give me some Stafford over, um, and also Joe Burrow over all day. Burrow's gonna throw the ball, has to throw the ball forty times in order for them to stay in this game. Joe Mixon's not gonna have much running room. Um, there's a couple props on there for. Um, Passing touchdowns right now. Joe Burrow is minus one eighty at one and a half. Take it. Um, I'd be even comfortable going at two and a half. Uh, he's gonna get. I think he's gonna get three or four touchdowns. Um, Ooh, not touch. Not touching any rushing, any rushing props. I don't trust either of those backs enough. Kind of like you said, Chet. Um, Cam Akers is the back, but um, I think Matthew Savage is gonna be throwing the ball a lot more. But Joe, do not touch Mixon with whatever you do. Don't. Don't take it. Uh, that that defense is very good. Um, passing attempts, both over 35, uh, both at minus 125. So, you know, that's just straight attempts. I like that a lot for Burrow. I don't know how I feel about it for Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford is going to get a lot more chunk plays uh, where he's only going to have to throw it, you know, 25 to 30 times. Um, but that's what I – those are a couple of the quick ones I like. But here's my big boy bet that I got out got out uh, earlier. So, like I said, with a parlay, you can adjust the lines a little bit. So I played it a little safe on some of these. I have Joe Burrow over 255. Matthew Stafford over 230. I dropped that one pretty hard. Cam Akers over 50. That was the one that I took just to try to boost the odds a little bit. I think he'll get 50 yards. I have under Mixon 80 yards. Oh my god! I have that on my sheet. I had ninety-two. Yep. I just gotta cut real quick. Ninety-two and a half rushing and receiving. I took under. I can't love believe it. that. Ninety-two love. and a half for Joe Mixon. Okay, we both love. No that way. Though. No way. No and, and that's if I'm not mistaken. That's all. His his uh over for receiving yards is like seven and a half yards. So he needs to get eight yards or something like that. It's ridiculous because he doesn't he doesn't get a lot of catches out of the backfield. Hmm. It's um it's the other guy. What's his name? Not Jamaje Piran. Yeah, Piran. P. Ryan's taking all the catches. All right. Um, completions, Joe Burrow with 25. Um, like that. Uh, a longest completion for both Burrow and Stafford of 35 yards at least. So if J- Jamar's going to get a 35-yarder. I just need Cup to get free real quick. Um, total touchdowns, Bengals two touchdowns, Rams three touchdowns. So they can go over that. Um, I have the Bengals under three touchdowns in the first half. Rams over two touchdowns in the first half. And then Cooper Cup under 130. Ooh. A Kyle's lot of offense are like fucking. Ooh, I said that was a hard out. No, you can say that's all right. <laughs> like, um, You're in the like morning target, now. You got to get out of your system. <laughs> I like target receipts. That's what Kyle's offense look like. He just like unravels his receipt. It, or it's like a big scroll. Yep. These right. are my bets for the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, well, it's fun. For our for our audience who may have just joined us for the first time or seen our Super Bowl show for the first time, I think it's interesting to remember this. Probably we've covered this in playoff episodes. So you can go back and listen to it if you want. 
we go into each matchup during the season. We know the players, the defenses, the players on our rosters. We, we've kind of adjusted the way we view playoff fantasy to regular season fantasy, roster adjustments, all that. Now, with Kyle's picks right there, you heard me. I love the mixing one. But I got to think of it game first before fantasy, which I do in playoffs rather than usual season. So I'll tell you the score of the game. I have it 21 to 10. LA beat Cincinnati. 21 to 10, a wow. low scoring game. I just saw a stat that the last time the Rams and Bengals have played the last eight times, seven and one, the under. Now, does that mean anything because they're AFC and NFC teams and they're completely different players? I have no idea if that means anything, but seven and one in the under. And remember the most recent Super Bowl the Rams appeared in, one of the worst Super Bowls maybe of our lifetime that wasn't a blowout because nobody could move the football, nobody could score. And it goes back to the most simple thing possible. Why I love that mix and play you had for the under. Who the hell is going to block Aaron Donald. Who's going to do it? Who's going to? There were plays. We mentioned Jimmy G earlier, right? There's a play that ends on that interception. Might have ended his time for the Niners where it's Aaron Donald and Von Miller on the same side. Two Hall of Famers. Two Hall of Famers. So if you can figure out the Tennessee Titans got nine sacks. If somebody can do it, great. I don't know how you might win the MVP of the Super Bowl, an offensive guard, if you can figure out how to stop 99. But that's why I have the under. So my favorite plays. The mix in one Kyle said under 92 and a half. Uh, the under in the game, which would my math would be under 32, but the highest he gets like 36. To be safe, I'd go 42 and a half. And then the Rams to win by nine and a half. So those are my plays. And the mix in one's the only one that jumps out. The if I'd add one other one, it would be Burrow attempts that I think Kyle said as well, because if the Bengals are trailing, they got to throw the football. So if you think the Bengals are gonna lose, hope some of that stuff hits in the fourth quarter. Guys, what did the line open at for the over-under? Do you remember? Uh, I believe it opened at 42 and a half. I will double check for you right now, but I you, thought it was you, 42 and a half. You might have some concerns there, homie. The line's up to 48 and a half. 48. It is 48. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. 42 and a half. I'm sorry. You're right. I think it opened Ooh. at 48. My mind, 42 and a half. It opened at 48. Yeah, my mind okay, is still stuck like, on my like, back. Oh, there's a lot of people <laughs> taking the over. No, no, no. 48, I believe it opened at. Yeah. Chat, we just threw about 100 numbers at you. I feel like you just had your teleprompter going in the mornings. You're muted there, beautiful. Yep. Chat, you're muted. Yeah, I had a dog barking. And so <laughs> I feel like that would have saved the podcast to just mute myself, mute my NOLA. Um, I created a little challenge over here. Ooh, uh, the chat challenge, dare we say. We're going to do some of the, the, um, the silly prop bets. And yes, Heads or Tails Gatorade. This, I don't know what this site is from. Oh, it's the Washington Post. <laughs> Never heard of it. The Washington Post is sponsoring this. Um, what do you guys want to challenge? You want to challenge uh, a night out of the whoever has the least amount has to buy a round of beer and wings. Deal. Are they still a sponsor? Oh, they sure are. Boom. Maybe Hooters, March Madness. Hooters, wings, and beers. Um, within a month, how about that? Okay. I feel Fair like we name. do a lot of these beer bets that never get done. I did give Kyle a case of beer once. Yeah, that, that was back when we were in an actual station in a studio. <laughs> now we're now we're in the age of virtual. Okay, you ready? So I'm gonna read. Let's do it. It's it's a lot of the ones you're gonna recognize, um, and we'll go Gaz, Kyle, Chet. Okay, so Gaz, you're gonna go first on all of these, and then Kyle, and then me. Okay, all right. With the national anthem, will it last more than 95 seconds? Over, under? Over. 
I said Gaz goes first. I was going to say under no matter what, though. I feel under no matter under. what. Kyle, you're over? Yep. I'm going to go over as well. All right, coin toss, Gaz, heads or tails? I'm usually a tails never fails guy, but heads, How's that go heads is hot, right? Heads is hot. I'm going heads. Kyle? Still not, have you learned from your mistakes? Still mad, still mad about that comment. I'm Sorry. Mad. Sorry. <laughs> heads as well. Nah, tails never fails. <laughs> oh, man. This one's interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen this one before. Maybe I just am oblivious. Will there be a score in the first six and a half minutes? You know what? Even though I have the under, I think McVeigh is going to draw something up here. I would, you know what? Yes. I'm going to go with a yes here. Ooh, I, like I agree. That. Yeah. I might find that somewhere. Oh, I'm like laying as well because I'm also th- leaning yes on that. Scripted yeah. plays, like you said, McVeigh is such a genius. I think that yeah. that first drive, we're all going to be like, see, the Rams are going to win by a million. And it's going to then the in-game adjustments happen. But I like the Rams coming out hot. I can even see the Rams winning the toss and taking the ball. You know, they, I think they're going to want to make a statement in front of the home crowd, try to do the bully ball right off the bat. Home crowd. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one, total touchdown scored over under five and a half. I know Gaz's answer. Uh, under, and I think, Kyle, you had five on the money, right? So this is a um, – Yeah, mine's over. It's five and a half. Mine, I'm taking the over. I'm taking six. Both taking over. No, I'm God's taking under. Isn't yeah. God's taking under? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you said both over. No, no, no. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go under. Five and a half. I think five is a good number. I don't think there's gonna be six touchdowns. Um, another interesting one: interceptions. Over under one and a half. Oh God. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I, know. Hear, I knew the number before you even asked because I'm like, it's got to be a one and a half, right? He's gonna ask for one and a half. He's gonna ask for. He's gonna do it. That's son of I'm, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over on this one. Something tells me Burrow's gonna throw two interceptions. I can see both. Oh God. Uh I'll take the under. Oh baby. I'm gonna go over. I'm you know what I just wrote here too? There. I wrote Eli Apple. Remember, Eli Apple should have had yep. a pick in that Kansas City game, too. What a what a turd he is. Do you see him going after the New Orleans City and fan base? Hey. Right. Yeah, what's your problem? Why are you – that was so uncalled for. Yeah. Why are you the way you are? And, and he called out the food, and that, that's where he lost all credibility in my mind. Like you're, just, you're just a dipshit at that point. Um, uh, yes, how many uh, – over under Stafford rushing yards, five and a half. If there is one bet I would never play, it is <laughs> this. I want, to, I want to do pass, and here's why I want to do pass is because – I mentioned this in a podcast before. The freaking Neil is going to yeah. decide this. So because of that, uh, I'm going under, but I would scream pass at that bet. <laughs> All right, he wants over. Okay. You know what? I'm going to go over I, as well. I'd even raise the eight and a half. I'm going to put eight and a half. And if you don't get there, you're not getting it. <laughs> but maybe I give you a bonus point. I'm down for whatever. But the only reason I say that is because – I think somehow there's going to be a play where they're going to bring a lot of rushers and Stafford is going to escape to the right and just. How about this, Kyle? I'll give you double if you double the number. So it's 11. 
I'll give you double points. Oh, no, no, no. no? I'm just going to okay. take the over. How about this, though? I will, if, if it's like eight and a half and he takes a knee and it goes under, one of you owes me a shot that night. <laughs> okay, so All this right. is going to be an Uber night. Got right. it. <laughs> Got it. Right. I'm going to put shot in parentheses here. Okay. <laughs> this one, also interesting. Will there be a missed field goal? I mean, oh, McPherson's man. big money. Just oh, straight man, fire. that's a great one. I'm going yes. Kyle's going with a yes. And the reason I'm going to go yes is because I think the Rams' defense is that good. So the Bengals are going to get to the 40-yard line, and the Bengals are like, I have to get points. It's going to be a 55, 60-yarder, and, it, and it'll be short, or it'll fade just to the left or right. I, I think that's an easy yes. I feel like Chet, because of his hatred for kickers, wants to watch them fail. So I feel like he's going to say yes. So I'm going to say no on this. I'm also saying no. Oh, what a twist. I think the kickers are too good. We've seen a lot of good kicking. There might be a missed extra point, but not a missed field goal. Uh, largest lead. Another interesting one. Largest lead over under 14 and a half. Oh, under. Under two. You're telling yeah. me that they're going to. I think, I think we get to 14. I, I don't know. If That's we get what to, I was I thinking. I don't think it's 17. I don't see 17. No way. Yeah. I mean, the Chiefs got up on the Bengals 21-3, but I'll go under as well. Cooper Cup receiving yards, over under 106 and a half. Under, under for me, yep. I don't think he needs to get to 106. I'm going to go over. You know what the problem is with Cup, though, real quick on this? I feel like because he's the best player, I'm always going to go under because they always feel like because he's the best, you think he's going to have unbelievable. And he keeps having unbelievable exactly. numbers, by the way. And that's, that's the toughest that's part about that. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm going over. I'm with you. I think that's such a big number. But he just keeps doing it every yeah. game. Last one. And we'll end the show on this. So it's cool with you guys. Who's going to win? Rams. Bengals 21-10. My heart, my heart tells me. No, no. Rams. Rams. Oh, I was like, Rams, no, wait, no, no. I misunderstood you this whole time. <laughs> Rams 21. Bengals 10. My heart is rooting for Cincinnati. Like Kyle said, they deserve the Super Bowl, not the Rams fans who've been around for five years. I want the Bengals to win, but I think it's 21-10 Rams. I got 38-24 Rams. As you will see in the weekend edition of the Times Union, I oh, made geez. my pick official. Joe Burrow. Going back. Y'all a bunch of haters. All right, my dog's going to piss. So, gentlemen, it's been a What's pleasure. What's your score? Enjoy the Super Bowl. What's the score? Yeah. 31, 28, 24. 10, 4.